Welcome to another episode of Lead Me, where we help you take the next steps in leadership. Today, Pastor Eric and Zach are discussing our roles as leaders to lead back to civility. They break down Shola Richards' practical ways to lead yourself and others in this endeavor, including eliminating what weakens us, the distinction between kind and nice, and being leaders that leave a wake of civility in our path. So, Shola Richards uh-huh. uh, is one of uh, the speakers at last year's Global Leadership Summit that, uh, of course, I had the privilege of uh, watching here at one of the local uh, sites. And he was a really good uh, speaker. Uh, it was definitely one of uh, probably like one of my top five speakers. But uh, so Shola Richards is a really, he's the CEO of a go together global. And so it's basically like a startup company that he created. And one of his biggest things is to really talk about like how to bring civility into, um, into the workplace. Right. Um, he, he talks about it, uh, in saying that civility is really, really important, uh, in ensuring that, you know, we get people to talk together and to work together. And, uh, of course, as leaders, how can we really, uh, how could we really foster that in the workplace? Yeah. So that's what uh, that's what Shola really uh, talked about uh, during the Global Leadership Summit. I'm really happy that we have the opportunity to talk about that today. Yeah, and I, I see that you know that where there's like he mentions or your first point here is the need for c- civility. Mm-hmm. So you know, treating people with respect, uh-huh. I think is you know again one of the things. And I I kind of as I was looking through the notes here. Uh, thinking about how I, you know, maybe sometimes, maybe I don't really pay as much attention to that as I should. Not that I'm mean. <laughs> I, at least I don't think I'm mean. <laughs> maybe we could ask Adam. But, um, you know, maybe I'm not always happy or super excited to, you know, be that encourager to people that, uh, mm-hmm. that I could be better at that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important, you know, because as a, one of his points here I thought was really interesting was the fact he talked about, you know, how do people see you? Is this the right point where you, how people view you coming into the room as versus how if you're leaving yeah, the room? Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we could talk a little bit more about that idea. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, that was one of the points that, that kind of really stuck out uh, to me as well uh, during the Glo- Global Leadership Summit. But, yeah, he said uh, there's typically like two two types of people. And uh, the first one uh, is the person that walks into the room and everyone just like wants to gravitate towards them. You know, uh, you could tell like they're like the speaking of light. And then there's that other uh, person to where, you know, everyone like breathes a sigh of relief when they leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, he talked about the differentiation between those uh, two types of people. And how, like, the big difference between the two is uh, the person that everyone gravitates towards has this uh, has this ability to be civil. And, I mean, it's not even, you know, they'll kind of bring into, you know, they'll kind of say, well, you know, you can't always be civil, right? Like, what about those hard decisions? You know, as a leader, you have those hard decisions you have to make, you know, whether you're over some a group, a team of people, right? And you have to like fire them or Mm -hmm. you have to have that conversation. But 
it's a as a leader that's part of the that's part of the job that's part of the requirements but you could still be civil about yeah. having that conversation you know it's all goes back to this thought of you know ideas is separate from the person yeah so so you know you know ideas can be judged a, a little differently but value that person right and care for that person mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that that you don't have to deal with those difficult issues but can you do it in a way that respects the person mm-hmm. uh, that shows that you care about the person right exactly so and i feel like that's i don't know i feel like that's getting harder and harder i feel like especially in our culture uh, i feel that we see a lot of incivility or you know, where we don't, you know, as the Bible says, uh, you know, treat each other, you know, uh, as you, know, you would treat yourself or uh, I kind of butcher that a little bit. But, no, you're um, right. you know, it's like, how would you want to be treated and treat yeah. others in the same same manner? Well, you know, if you, you know, if you loved somebody else or you care for them, then, you know, love them as yourself, yeah. you know, that how you'd want to be loved and cared about, then. That whole puts a whole nother spin. But like you're saying, uh-huh. I mean, how many times do we drive around town <laughs> and we hear horns blowing? Or uh-huh. Somebody's mad because they waited too long with the light. Yeah. But just have compassion on people. Have a have a, a heart for people. Yeah. I think some of the problems with maybe we uh, in the world and even in ministry, we've gotten so to where we can be too task-oriented mm-hmm. to, like, we have to make these deadlines. We have to get these completions. And, uh-huh. and I understand that you can't escape some of that. But to not lose the the value of people in mm-hmm. that process, you know. Right. I've heard uh, um, John uh, Maxwell Maxwell yeah. say, actually, thank you, that uh, he had an employee that just kind of went past all the people and went straight to his office, and and you know he went into his office and said, hey, you know. Uh, how's things going? And he's like, oh, I got I got a lot of stuff to do. I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of right. work to get done. And he said, uh, well, you just passed all your work as you came in here. And, and in other words, just all the people you just passed by that you just didn't take the time to really show that you care, that you value them, that you respect them. I think that's kind of that civility too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can't lose, no, we can't lose sight of why we're here. I mean, the task is important, but a lot of times, uh, you know, especially like if you're, you're in a career, and I hear this a lot too, but it's like, all right, it's the job, but when you retire, you look back and you think about the relationships, yeah. you know, and yeah. you can't have a good relationship without uh, without civility. And it was like one of the points that he uh, included here, but it says, uh, you know, do people follow you because they have to yeah. or because they want to? So yeah. it's like uh, if, if you're a leader, especially if you're a leader, if that title is taken away from you, whether it's, you know, it's manager, supervisor, you know, whatever the case may be, will people still choose to follow you? Yeah. You know, and I think that's really, uh, I don't know, that that hit home for me because it's like, well, that, that makes complete sense, you know. And I think that's it brings into – effect or brings to account responsibility right because you really do start becoming responsible for your actions well and i think that uh you know a lot of times we 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 don't realize how big of an influence we could really have on people you know that we could really inspire people Mm -hmm. to move forward in areas um and a lot of times uh, i think that we don't think about how 
the ideas or the vision we have is really not, I guess it goes to the idea too, like a lot of our programming, a lot of the things we do isn't, that's not the, the power is not in the programming. The programming is just a way for you to experience something, you know, just like Upward or, you know, whatever service ministry we have in the church or you have in your organization, you have these different things that you use to get your people to go to a direction, but it's really building the team mm-hmm. and helping the team grow. And it's the journey that makes right. things matter or you know, makes the biggest difference, I yeah, guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that part that you said, sometimes we feel like we can't, I don't know, like, we're so small and insignificant that we can't make a difference. And this week while I was just uh, reviewing some of Shola's um, uh, topics and uh, conversations, um, there was one um, speaking engagement and he had like this really good example um, for that specifically. And he said uh, he remembered when uh, he was a teenager and he came back from uh, one day, came home from school and, uh, you know, like they were bullying him and uh, he just felt so insignificant. And, uh, you know, he told his dad, he's like, gosh, you know, uh, I feel so small, you know, I I feel like I can't make a difference. And his dad came back and, uh, what he shared was so powerful because he said, uh, hey, he, you know, he was talking to Shola. He said, hey, Shola, you know, when you have those moments when you feel so small and insignificant that you can't make a change, you feel like you can't make a change, he said, try going to sleep with a mosquito in the room. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a powerful image, you know, because, you know, you think of the small mosquito. And, uh, you know, while we remove, like, the negative connotations with mosquitoes, but they're this tiny bug, right? Yeah. And you can't sleep because you hear it buzzing, you know? Exactly. And so even if we may be small, right, we could still have a voice that we could speak uh, and we could you know, lead. everything's all in perspective, you know. Well, that reminds me of the, the where he talks about being the buffalo, right? Yeah. And then his dad mm-hmm. told him that story. Yeah, I shared that story. Yeah. That, that's a neat story that he shared as well. Yeah. So um, in last year's uh, Global Leadership Summit, uh, that was one of the, uh, I guess, metaphors or imagery um, or stories that his dad shared with him. And it was this idea of when a storm comes about, um, cows typically run away from the storm. You know, they they try to find shelter, um, while buffaloes, they turn towards the storm. And, you know, they know that if they head towards it, while it's still going to be rough, right, they have to go through the eye of the storm or like the strong part of the storm it's still shorter than if you try to run away from it so it like prolongs i, I thought that was an awesome illustration yeah. you know a lot of times we try to run away from our uh-huh. problems and then we just find ourselves dealing yeah. with that issue for such a long period of time right when we head into the storm and become uh-huh. that like you said the buffalo yeah and we run into the storm it, it is a shorter experience and uh-huh. i think that's a lot of times what we deal with as leaders mm-hmm. that we don't head into the storm you yeah know? and and going back to the civility thing it's not to uh you know uh, allow ourselves to be compromised with our civility but uh to push forward with our uh-huh. civility intact right you know, to be able to handle those issues in a right frame that again 
we're respecting the person while we may have a disagreement on ideas mm-hmm. that we need to work through. Right. Know? Absolutely. And I mean, also, uh, kind of going back to that imagery, there's also, uh, there's also another imagery of like eagles. Mm-hmm. So from what I understand, like eagles as well, kind of use like when they see a storm approaching, they actually head towards it as well because they actually have fun in it. Uh, they allow the winds to like blow them higher to, hi- uh, to greater heights. And, yeah. and I was just like, gosh, you know, if we have that same sort of attitude, you know, whenever we do see that, I mean, also you got to have a wisdom to kind of see, you know, when you should take shelter and when you should, uh, you know, run towards it, you know, and, and really embrace it. Uh, so I think that's where the wisdom part comes from. But I think, more times than often we run yeah uh, and i think a lot of a lot of people run away uh-huh. and i think leaders choose to face right absolutely and, and and it's not not that they're more courageous yeah but that they just say i'm gonna head on to this problem uh-huh. i'm gonna tackle this issue it's like yeah. you're, you're saying that you've said before uh, that you are willing to experience that higher quality problem mm-hmm. so that you can have success absolutely yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that kind of leads into uh, his next section here, mm-hmm. which is, well, you know, there is this need for civility, like, in the workplace and our uh, regular interactions with the people. But now, like, how like how do we do that? You know, how do we lead with civility in our lives? And I think that's, I think that's the hard part. Like, you know, we know that there's an issue, but, you know, what are the steps? And most importantly, like, how do we follow through with that? Yeah. Well, I, I think that, you know, thinking about mentoring and, and discipleship, it, it, you know, you think about, you know, how sometimes we can think a thing is so much easier if we just do it ourselves. And it often can be true uh-huh, right. that if I just do this task or I just do this, this thing, or we can treat people with disrespect and kind of bulldoze people uh-huh. just to get a task done. Right. And how that will work but it only works for a period of time yeah. because no one can handle that for a long mm-hmm. period of time. But if you come and you really mentor and disciple, then you've just duplicated yourself in a way yeah. to where that person can take that thing over and then you can go on and do other things. Right. So, you know, by, by discipleship, by mentoring people and giving them mm-hmm. opportunity to succeed, you're, you're valuing yourself more because you're able to do and accomplish more with a team of people mm-hmm. around you. You know, right. I think too many oftentimes we look at the short term rather than the long term mm-hmm. effect that we could have. You know, because we're just more concerned about the short term, and I think that affects our stability. If I realize I'm in it for the long haul, then it can be, <laughs> you know, hey, I need to, I need these relationships, right. I need these people with me, and I need to respect them and value them so that mm-hmm. they will help continue to move me forward and. And move our organization forward. Right. Well, and uh, I mean, that's definitely, that's really, really important. And, uh, you know, awareness is really a part of that process. You know, just like what's your awareness of that situation? Because, you know, as you delve into a problem or as you go into a storm or you find those uh, situations, um, awareness is really an important part of that because I feel like so much... Uh, well, at least I speak for myself, but I find myself in those situations where y- you default to your autopilot response, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and the autopilot response is more of, 
hey, you know, I'm going to be short about this. I'm going to think short term, not really long term. I'm going to do whatever I can to protect myself now, <laughs> you know, yeah. in this moment without really considering, you know, what's ahead two or three steps and what the actions you're doing now, how that impacts yeah. um, your future down the road. Well, like in the book of Proverbs where you think about, you know, the fool versus the person that's wise. A, a foolish person doesn't care about the consequences. Mm -hmm. so they don't care about, uh, they're almost in defiance of that. You yeah. Know? Um, they don't think about that. But a wise person thinks about the steps yeah. ahead. You know, what the, what does this look like? What's the, what's the future look like? And that helps you when you're able to paint the picture of the future. It helps you to backtrack and look at the uh -huh. next steps that need to happen. Right. So. Well, and I really like what he says here, and <clears throat> I'm going to read it verbatim sure, just because I, I don't, I don't want to butcher it. But uh, I remember just going through these notes just right before our meeting, and I thought there was a typo here, but there wasn't. <laughs> I, so. I was going to say something about that because I, I was a little confused about that, so maybe you can explain <laughs> it to me. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I just remember that this was such a powerful clincher of a statement uh, during the Global Leadership Summit. But it says, uh, how do you lead others with civility? So Sholo says, you need to connect to your higher self. And so, and it's not higher as in like, um, you know, your aspiration of who, like that higher person, you know, higher power, you know? Yeah. Uh, higher person means who were you? Like, how did you describe yourself right before you got hired? Yeah. So who was the person you described on your resume during your interview? That's the higher, uh, that's the person that you were trying to put forth, yeah. right? Who, who were you trying to promote when you Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so many times we like, you know, we, we try to fluff ourselves yeah. up, you know, we try to, you know, like, what would you do in these situations, you know? Uh, and then after we get hired, it's like, what happened? Yeah. You know, you you start defaulting back to you know your auto uh, auto response. So, so the question should be: uh, Am I that person? Am I right. that person that they hired? Exactly. Am I fulfilling that commitment that I mm -hmm. made? That you know, I came in with such eagerness and excitement, yeah. and here's who I am. Am I fulfilling that? Right. Am I putting that forward? I think that'd be a good question because I think a lot of times, like you're saying, we revert back to our. Uh -huh you know, kind of autopilot type uh -huh. of mode, and are we striving to be more than that? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. But now I thought that was, and I thought it was funny just because yeah. I was rereading. I was like, oh, man, there's a typo here. Like, this is, uh, this is blatantly wrong, but uh, I just completely forgot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, so I see there's values here. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so he goes on, and that just kind of like hooks up to, you know, how to lead others with civility. It just kind of gives like that roadmap of, well, what are the values that we should really uh, aspire towards or, or what should we like work towards as leaders? So uh, the five values, and I'll just list them out. Uh, the first one is to value uh, ideas or value the work yeah. of the individuals. Uh, that you're responsible for, or just individuals that you interact with. Um, so this is really kind of saying that, you know, don't just destroy everything that they're doing and, and, and just try to belittle the work and the effort they put right. into things, right? Mm -hmm. That we should value the work and the time they put into things. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that too often 
if we're not in somebody's own shoes, we can kind of look on the outside and say, well, they're not doing that much or they're not very important or they don't, I could do their job. You know what I mean? (laughs) But unless we're in their shoes, you know, we don't know the dynamics. And I think that's very important as, as, as we, as you, uh, or somebody that gets further in your organization or you be, you know, you're leading other people is to be mindful of, of everybody's situations. I mean, you know, there's, uh, times that sometimes you can lose sight of what uh-huh. everybody else is doing and you can belittle their effort right. or belittle their work ethic and mm-hmm. you don't know the, the dynamics of what they're doing. Right. Absolutely. Well, and also he mentions specifically also, <clears throat> is to really respect the wisdom of the people that's closest to the work. You know, uh, so many times, and I've kind of seen this through, like, uh, different uh, different jobs I've been on, but, you know, you have this, you know, new leader that comes in, in right, and the first place is like, all right, I have to make a name for myself, and so I have to make sweeping changes without really kind of, like, taking into consideration um the wisdom of the people that are closest to the task, you know? And so I think it's so easy to really make like bad choices or not, uh, not really bad choices, but well, bad choices, but they are choices made without the complete information that's As you say that, that's what I think about a lot of times. Do I have a complete information? I was thinking about, if you kind of need to write a book about, I had an idea about blind spots. Uh-huh. That, you know, oh, right. what are your blind spots? What are areas in your, you know, leadership, ministry, whatever you want to say, that you don't see? You know, mm-hmm. because that that would be, the, the only way I can make a good decision is having as much information as I possibly can. Right. Now, I don't have to be the one because, I, you know, we've done disc assessment here at the church, and I know I'm not the one that's always the collector of information, uh-huh. but am I having people around me to give me that information so that I can make the best possible choice? Right. You know, I'm better at making a decision or a choice. Sorry, getting a clean call. Um, I'm making a decision and a choice, um, you know, for maybe the organization, but... I need to have all the information at hand. So Absolutely. having the information at hand, I'll, I'll make sure this is silent so we don't have that happen again. <laughs> but um, having that information on hand is is very crucial and very important um, to be able to make that very important decision, you, if you yeah. understand what I'm saying. No, absolutely. And I think so many times uh, I've found, I found myself in that situation where you just go into a situation and it's just like, all right, like I feel like I know this, right? But we also have to kind of keep in mind that each situation could be different. Yeah. And once we default saying, oh, I know this, while that does make the process easier, there could be things that we're glossing over, different perspectives, or it could be yeah. a new situation entirely. Yeah, so so having an understanding that you may have blind spots and there might be spots that you need to find out more information. Uh-huh. Uh, and that, that's one thing that I, I've kind of learned over my years of, of growing in leadership was, you know, a lot of times I would take offense if somebody didn't like my idea right away because I was attached to my idea too much. But understanding that if it's a good idea, then I need to let it to be scrutinized a little bit because – Maybe there's things I'm not seeing right. that could affect something else. And so getting as much information. And at no point, you can almost be paralyzed not to make a choice. Uh-huh, right. But to just make sure you've checked out, mm-hmm. you know, like you're saying, talk to the people that are closest to the work. Yeah. You know, just like he says. And, and yeah. his... I, think it's, I think it's interesting because, like, in my daily work, I usually have, like, a checklist. And so, like, whenever 
<clears throat> it, it really helps, like, especially like when you're super busy, you're in the moment and, you know, it's like, all right, I have to do this. And so you default to what you normally think you should. But I feel like a checklist kind of keeps everything in perspective. Like, what are the questions I need to ask myself? Because, you know, nine times out of 10, it's, you're probably okay. But that one, that one time, um, you know, the situation's different yeah. and uh, you need more information. But yeah, uh, so that kind of like segues into the second value, uh, and that is value the roles mm -hmm. uh, of the people you interact with. And just really to uh, appreciate the importance of the contribution, the unique contribution that they provide to the team or, um, you know, to each other, uh, you know, whether that's relationships like uh, your family, uh, you know, really appreciating those contributions or, you know, like as in a church or, um, you know, in a career or, you know, whatever the case may be, but just be aware of the value and the contribution yeah. that those individuals provide. You know, and I, I think that's so key to kind of be aware of, of people's contribution. Not that you need to keep a tally, but really I think it's good to just right away acknowledge mm -hmm. people. And that's what I try to do because it's easy to forget, uh, you know, if you wait too long. But in the moment, if you see uh -huh. something good, to try to bring attention to that, to say, hey, I really appreciate uh -huh. your help or acknowledge the effort or the time it takes because mm -hmm. people are sacrificing. I guess I'm leading into that other thing because <laughs> the role is, is important to respect. Uh -huh. I know I'm leading into time, so I'll oh, stop you're myself good. short. <laughs> 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 because I, I think that, yeah, you know, you think about anything you try to do, each role is very important to a team. And, you know, a lot of times we can put priority of this person or, well, this person's in front of the camera or this person's, mm -hmm. you know, doing the editing. Well, it may take, you know, it takes a lot of people in that realm to make things happen. And so each person's very vital and very important in those roles. Yeah, absolutely. No matter what you do. Well, and it's also like uh, they talk, uh, you know, where I kind of see that is like, all right, <clears throat> when you have like this multi-billion dollar, like, company right you still have to have a janitor right yep. and so uh just because a janitor does those particular types of duties you know doesn't mean that they're less important because you know what if you don't have janitors you yeah. know <laughs> uh your you know that could lead to uh you know issues uh, with uh, your employees you know um so i mean everyone has their role that uh, they play and i think as you we mentioned, janitors, those are probably sometimes the most forgotten people, right? Because yeah. you don't always see them. You don't always see the mm -hmm. work that they do, or you don't notice anything out of uh, arise. So it's like, uh -huh, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> They're so, behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, and that really, as you've kind of mentioned, that leads into valuing time, and that's, yep. that's huge, you know? Um, just recognizing that people do have time, and that is a... And they only have resource. so much time. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, like you said, resource. That there's only so much time you have. And for you to be, a, and I think that we need to think about that a lot with our work environments. You know, are we allowing people to have the time with their family? Uh -huh. Are we allowing that people to have time with things? I think there's this unfortunate stereotype, whether it's ministry or even in the workplace, that if you're not working 40-plus hours, <laughs> then somehow you're not a very yeah. good employee, which – you know, maybe you'd be a better employee if you had mm -hmm. more of a balance. Yeah. You know, you know, just because you put 60 hours in a week, is it, is it 
is it a quality work? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is, it, is it is it really busy work, or is it, are you really getting things moving forward? Yeah. You know, and I think I I mean that's such a great point. You know, quality versus time because yeah, it's like all right. Um, you know, did you spend like pretty much like 40 hours, as you said, and you're just like, all right, I'm devoting 10 minutes of this task, take a 10 minute break, you know, yeah. do another task. And I think really quality is where, what we should really strive towards, yep. you know, um, where you could have like an hour and you have like the best uh, product as a result of just spending that focus time. But, but it's so hard also to have that focus time. You know, there's so, I feel like there's so many things that just pop into your mind yeah. <laughs> and, uh, kind of, uh, straight, uh, really distracts you from your original uh, intent, intention. So, but yeah. And then, uh, the next one of course is, um, value number four is valuing skills. Mm-hmm. And that really, introduces this like trust component um, into, into the conversation. And a lot of times it's hard to really trust, uh, trust people maybe with like a task. Um, and I think it's, you know, that saying that's prevalent out there, you know, it's like, well, if I want the job done, oh, I, I have to do, do it myself, myself right? Yeah. And I've heard that, you know, like thrown so many times and it's like, well, why are you having to do that? You know, it's like, all right, do you really trust this person to like, did you hire this person to do this? If you're having trust issues, well, did you make the right decision hiring that person? Or are you just not willing to let go and let them do what you hired them to do or whatever you chose them to do? It's easy to become a micromanager. (laughs) You don't have faith or trust in people. And, you know, I think that's, I think it can be kind of a challenge when you care about something and you you really value it to to, to trust and let go yeah. but again there's only so much work you can do exactly. and by giving that person an opportunity you're investing in them and mm-hmm. giving them a chance to do something with that or take that area further than you could have took it right or you know and also it helps you free you up to do new things mm-hmm. uh, to make a, a difference and and then change lives so sometimes yeah um letting go and and yeah. trusting and stepping out on faith in a way and saying hey i'm going to trust that person's skill right you know it, it just shows that that person that you value what they do mm-hmm. and that you believe in them Right. Well, and the thing, too, is um, we also have to remember that we were at that stage once, Mm -hmm. you know, and we still are at that stage um, to where we ourselves can make mistakes. And it's not even really a matter of can, we will make mistakes. So, and when that occurs, you know, if we're mindful, we're thoughtful, we'll learn from the, those mistakes, you know, that's where growth happens. And so if we step in and say, all right, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability because I don't trust you because I feel like you're going to make a mistake. We, we rob them of that, uh, the ability to grow because yeah, you should share uh, what sort of, or we should share what sort of uh, mistakes, what sort of processes we went through, but then it's up to them. And then when they make a mistake, right, mm-hmm. then we could say, all right, how could we learn from this? How could we grow? Because it could be possibly a mistake that, uh, you know, the next person made, you know? Yeah. And so we learn through that process. So, 
but yeah. And then finally, uh, the last one is value, uh, value their humanity. And uh, the quote that Shola shared with us really hit home with me just because, uh, so let's say uh, you're in a call center, right? Or you're talking to someone, uh, you're at a store and someone was just being disrespectful, right? You're trying to have a good conversation or maybe you're trying to interact with them. It's part, part of like a business transaction and they just, you know, um, they don't behave properly. And Ashola just, he says, all right, those situations are going to happen regardless of how well we try to do. But we, at the same token, we still have to value their humanity. And the quote mm-hmm. he says is, um, all bad behavior is an unskilled expression of an unmet need. And that hit home with me just because, yeah. all right, you're having this day. You're having a bad day, right? could be a bad driver, you know, could be an IRA customer, whatever the case may be. But, you know, they have an unmet need. And mm-hmm. they, they're just unskilled in communicating that need. Yeah, and... and- trying to figure out ways to get that out of them I'm sure is the challenge right but understanding that yeah the first the first thing is like we talked about being aware that they're they're dealing with other things it's mm-hmm. not always that they're just wanting to be a bad employee and maybe that right. they're not fully able to express themselves or unskilled in that area so is there ways that we can help them become more skilled in mm-hmm. that to where they can fully express themselves? Right, absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, that kind of leads back to the <clears throat> the first value. And, uh, you know, that first value is, you know, value their ideas. Yeah. And part of that is saying, you know, what tools can I provide them that can help them grow? You know, maybe they they don't have the ability to communicate well. So can we have, like, a conversation or at least just be mindful of that and say, all right, they just don't know how to communicate this well, but I may know what they're wanting. And, uh, you know, a lot of times um, those people, if, you, if you're if you able to help difficult individuals, you'll find out that, you know, they become one of your you know, best customers if you if you do meet their need. You know? Yeah. So you guys want to talk about uh, leading self with civility. So uh, what were some of the things that you'd like to – Share about that. I guess we talked about the Buffalo. Mm. Um, was Greg, Greg Gershow, uh just chiming in on that, or was that part of this discussion? I see that he has a statement here. Yeah. So uh, what I did when I compiled these notes is I really tried to take a look at similarities oh, okay. uh, between uh, between the speakers. And this was uh, a quote that uh, Craig Rochelle uh, did. So Craig Rochelle is one of the speakers of the Global Leadership Summit. He was also he's also the champion for the summit as sure. well. So uh, he's he's usually the first speaker <laughs> at that. But uh, Craig Rochelle uh, mentioned he said the difference between where you are and where you could be is the amount of pain you're willing to endure, yeah. and that kind of hooks back and kind of loops back to this imagery that we had, right, of the cow and the buffalo. And I think that kind of hits home because the cow's like trying to run away from the storm. So he's prolonging the distance uh, between the impending storm, right? It's going to happen regardless. It's just taking more time. Um, Whereas, you know, the buffalo heads towards it. And, you know, as uh, the two things are going towards each other, the time is not as much. But also... 
The same token is we look at people who work out, right?、Mm-hmm. You know, what does it take for you to get strong, have you know huge muscles, right? If that's、uh, what you're about, it takes time, it takes dedication, it takes perseverance. And you know, our last uh, uh, our last podcast we talked about the grind, right?、Yeah. And it kind of hits home and kind of pulls that all back together and saying, all right. Here's what I need to be able to do、yeah. in order to get there, and、uh, of course,、um, being there is also a matter of like attitude as well, right? And、uh, Shola、um, talks about this because this this topic is how do you, how do you lead yourself with civility, right? And a lot of times we find out that we're our own harshest critic,、mm-hmm. and that's I know that's a tough. Tough thing, like I have, you know, I find myself struggling with that so many times, you know,、yeah. because you find yourself in that rut or that difficult situation, and you make a mistake, and you're usually like the first to know about that, and you like, oh gosh, you you wake up in the middle of the night, right, and you ruminate or you think about that mistake, and、um, we kind of forget to move past and learn from that and grow、yeah. and focus on the growth part. <laughs> Yeah, and、uh, to add to what you're saying there, like I think I read one of the points here is the fact that you know when you treat yourself, you know, with with contempt or、uh-huh. with those frustrations that you have, you're often finding yourself treating people around you、uh-huh. that way too. Right. So if you can treat yourself with love and respect, and and again, I go back to the scripture where it says, you know, Jesus tells us to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all、uh-huh. our mind. And he says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." Well, he's calling us to love ourselves、uh-huh. and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Right. So, you know, a lot of times we don't think about that. We're just like, "Oh, we need to love our neighbor." Well, if we、yeah. love ourselves and care about ourselves、uh-huh. enough, then we can really love other people. Yeah. And so,、um, yeah, I think that you know, treat people. You know, not just how you want to be treated, but try to treat yourself well, so that your heart、mm-hmm. is ready to treat people with respect and love and. And I know, like you said, a lot of times we can all be hard on ourselves,、mm-hmm. but isn't that the great story of the gospel? Is that God's given us grace?、Yeah. God loves you, and there wasn't anything that's going to change that.、Uh-huh. You know, there we're we're loved first, and、mm-hmm. it goes back to the humanity aspect. You know, God did not you know expect us to clean up, and then He would die for us,、right. or send His Son to die for us. He loved us in making a statement, even at our worst. He loved us.、Mm-hmm. He cared for us. So knowing that that you're valuable, that you're you matter, that、mm-hmm. God put value on you to offer、right. Himself up as a sacrifice for us,、mm-hmm. um, you know, extend that love that God gives you to other people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's that's really key, right? Because once we realize that, then we have I feel like a Christian obligation to provide that, extend that same amount of grace.、Mm-hmm. To the people in our lives,、yeah. and so many times, I, you know, it reminds me of the parable uh, that uh, you know Jesus shared, where you know the master forgave his servants' debts, and the servant turned around and you know acted harshly against another person、yep. that owed him. And when the master found out about this, you know, he was furious. And I think so many times, and we kind of see that really exemplified in like a lot of、uh, what Jesus says as well. You know, forgive each other. You know,、yeah. forgive each other,、um, or 
you know, ask God to forgive us like we have forgiven uh, the people around us. So, yeah. yeah. Re- really, really amazing, uh, amazing stuff. And just from this section on how to lead uh, self with civility, uh, there are two quotes that I, re- I really want to touch upon sure. before we kind of wrap things up. But the first one was, you're born looking like your dad, or in this case it says daddy, and you die looking like your decisions. And I thought that was so powerful, you know? Yeah. Like we don't have a choice as to what we look like yeah. when we're born, but when we pass away, our decisions dictate what we look like, you yeah. know, both you know spiritually, physically. Um, and I thought that was so powerful because so many times we blame our parents, we blame uh, all these external factors, and we forget that ultimately we have the choice. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, you think about too, like um, he mentions Elizabeth too about your funeral. You know, what are people going to be saying about you? Mm-hmm. You know, what are what are the conversations going to be? Yeah, and I, I think that's you know, again, not to be morbid, but if we would think about you know what the end result is going to be when when we die, it kind of helps us know how we want to lead our life, how we yeah. want to go, what direction we want to be in, and I think that's what we should be thinking about is like. What are, what is the end result? Right. And then work our way again backwards to say, okay, what steps do I need to take to get there? Mm-hmm. You know, what what baby steps can I take? What little steps can I take? Uh-huh. And then hopefully gain momentum as you go. Mm-hmm. But having that um, desire to say, hey, I'm going to lead myself in that direction. I'm going to take those steps to 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 try to be more caring or be mm-hmm. more compassionate to those around me. And uh, one of the scriptures uh, that rings out to me so much and I, I can't seem to escape it is when Simon was having people over for dinner and Jesus showed up and, and uh, this woman comes in and she weeps and she uh-huh. cries and, and all of her tears wipe the feet of Jesus. Uh-huh. And then she takes her hair and dries her, her his feet with her hair. And then she takes this oil and she pours it over his feet. And one of the questions, you know, everybody's asking if Jesus knew who this woman was, he, he would right. have nothing to do with her because evidently she was a prostitute. And the thing of it is, is that Jesus says to Simon, the person that invited him to his home, he says, do you see this woman? Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that is such a question that he already knew who she was, and she knew he knew his, her background, but he didn't look at her. Yeah. He didn't really see her. Right. And how many people do we, do we work with, do we have working behind the scenes like we've talked about, do we actually see those people? Do we actually acknowledge those people? Mm-hmm. When you go to a gas station or a restaurant, are we looking at our waiters? Are we right. seeing them as people? Because I think that brings back to humility and uh, uh, humanity um, to have that heart to, to look at people and, and see them as people rather than just servers or <laughs> right. custodians or people in the background. They're people. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, and that's uh, that's really, really powerful because I think once we start to understand that, to understand that they are humans as well, you know, it's like, and that's uh, that seems like such a weird concept, you know, it's like, they're humans too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like they have feelings. Um, well, I think the problem is really we become so, so, it's easy for all of us to become self-absorbed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think that's really the fall of man is is we think we're our own God. So we don't have any th- attachment, really, that's necessary. 
Yeah. Well, that's a big lie. You know, we were called to be in fellowship. We were called to be in fellowship with God. We were called to be in fellowship with others. Mm-hmm. And so when we uh, get detached from that, we mm-hmm. miss out on the greater purpose of our life. Right. Know? No, uh, no, that's, uh, I mean, I, I completely agree. And I think, yeah, I think, you know, as you said, once we start realizing that, we find, we start to realize that we have that choice, you know, <clears throat> and I think it's really just like kicking ourselves out of like autopilot, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Saying, yeah. all right, I'm going to make this choice uh, to uh, take the next step of with, uh, you know, how I treat people with civility. Yeah. And I think that kind of leads into like that closing sentence that um, Shola mentioned. And uh, what he did is he closed off with a Maya Angelou uh, quote. And it's, uh, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And um, there's this other example of, I think it was like a politician. I don't recall the uh, specifics, but uh, you have these two politicians and they talk to the exact same person. And uh, the person uh, voted for the politician that made that person feel like, they knew everything, right? Yeah. Uh, the other politician acted like he knew everything. He or she knew everything. Uh, and that person didn't get the vote. But the person that made the voter feel like they were, like they knew everything, they 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 made them feel like seen. Yeah. Uh, that was the politician that got the vote. So, Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of like what – that's what reminds me uh, when I when I read or hear that quote. No, I, I completely agree with that. I think that a lot of times we uh, think um, we are so self-absorbed that we think that we're all that in mm-hmm. a bag of chips, I guess, <laughs> and, and then we're not. You know, we're, yeah. But if we care about people in such a way – that we care what they have going on in their life and uh-huh. what they're experiencing, it, it adds value and it uh, and it adds value to their life to make them feel like they're cared about their value, that they're respected. Uh, a lot of people, and I guess that goes back to the really what we're talking about, civility, uh-huh. is to, to respect, uh-huh. you know, Absolutely. to treat people with respect. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, thank you so yeah. much for uh, sharing this with us and, um, I really appreciate you doing this because I think that uh, just having this conversation about leadership is very important. So thank you for joining us. Hey, you're very much welcome. It's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. And we hope that this has helped you to take the next step in your leadership. Be sure to join us next time on Lead Me. Take care. Take care.